Hello and welcome to the Soul Files podcast. I am Levi Wolf. And I am Abby Murphy. And together we host this podcast. We decided to make this podcast because we are passionate about the people who work at Software One. Between Abby and I, we have 17 years of Software One experience across a number of different roles and locations. And we love getting the chance to dive deeper into the culture of the company. This podcast is a behind the scenes look at some of our friends at Software One. We call them Swomies the things they do at work, and even some of their hobbies and activities outside of work. So whether you're a current employee, a prospective new Swomi, a Software One alumni, a customer, a partner, or just a friend of the show, we hope you enjoy this deep dive into the people of Software One and the things that make them great. Enjoy the show. All right. Um, Well... Dan, we're so excited to have you. Uh, we haven't done a pod in, I think, six months. So we've been talking to you about coming on the podcast for a while. And so finally, it's happening. You're fresh off of a FinOps workshop. Welcome. Thanks. Uh, I'm super excited to be here, honored, and I'm just glad to be able to participate. Oh, excellent. Um, so Levi, we're doing a bit of a different format than usual. Do you want to do a quick explanation of that? And then we'll have Dan do a brief introduction. Yeah. So in honor of it being 2022, we're trying to give you 22 minutes of content. So 10 minutes work related, then we're going to have a timer, cut it off strictly there. 10 minutes of non-work questions, cut that off. And then two minutes of kind of bonus open time. So you should expect 22 minutes for us. Um, Happy to dive right in. But yeah, Dan, give us an introduction to how long you've been at Software One and what your role is. Sure. Uh, so my name is Dan Ortman. Uh, I've been with Software One just about eight years in a couple of weeks here. And um, I'm currently the service line leader for FinOps for North America. So that has to lead us to the first question. Yeah, I was <laughs> so going to say. What is FinOps? <laughs> sure. Well, so let me give you the one-liner. And uh, so, so the one-liner is that FinOps is a framework designed to create a culture of enablement and accountability, but it's aimed to get the most from every dollar you're investing in the cloud. And, and it's the most business value. Uh, so in, instead of um, just saying, like, yeah, we spend 100K per month in the cloud and, and you know we're IT, so we're a cost center, you should be able to now focus on what is the business value that we're getting out of that cloud spend? So how do we measure uh, business value? Is it the number of customers, website visitors, um, the speed that we're getting a, a certain application out? Wh- you know, whatever it is that you're actually measuring business value on, if you can attach that to the spend that's in the cloud, now you've got a real story. And IT isn't just a cost center, it's actually a, a profit center and a real part of the business. So it's it's a really big turning point for IT. Cool. So I I saw an article yesterday. I think Software One posted it on LinkedIn. Um, I admittedly didn't read it. I have it saved to catch up on later. But the title of the article was FinOps. Is it a fad, trend, or essential? Um, So we see this word a lot. And I think some people might um, categorize it as a buzzword, a new buzzword. Um, What's your take on on that that headline? Is it a fad? Is it a trend? Or is it essential? (laughs) Yeah. So it, it is a buzzword. There's no doubt about it. It is a buzzword, but it is here to stay. And any of the, the big uh, consulting firms, you name it, everybody is building a FinOps practice. 
And uh, so not only would I say it's essential, but what we're even starting to hear now is some of our customers have this as their KPIs. They're actually going to be, uh, you know, bonused or, or maybe even promoted based on their ability to implement FinOps. And, and so it's quickly becoming uh, an industry standard and it's not going to be a buzzword for that long. Yeah. And are we seeing um, different names for it besides FinOps, like cloud economics or what else are we seeing out there for maybe some alternative buzzwords, if you will? Yeah. Cloud economics is a good one. Um, cloud financial management is what uh, over the last few years, that's what most organizations have been calling uh, what FinOps essentially is. Uh, so yeah, there's a there's a lot of different ways to say the same thing, uh, but it's it's absolutely all of those things and, and more. So if we if we go back to the definition of FinOps, and you're talking to someone who isn't really technical and they don't have a lot of time, like ca- can you condense it down even shorter <laughs> and even more plain English terms as to what it is? Yeah, the bottom line is that FinOps is aimed to get the most value out of every dollar you're investing in the cloud. That's the that's the shortest you can go. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, you know another way to think of it is uh, in initial conversations, a lot of times people have to relate it back to savings or ROI, and uh, so it it's okay to talk about FinOps in terms of cloud cost optimization or saving money, um, even though that's that's not where we end up landing and we want it to be a much bigger conversation than that, uh, we, we certainly know that uh, that's what drives a lot of different roles. And 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 so we have to be able to uh, have that conversation as well. And, and so you can certainly um, go down that road in, in terms of a FinOps conversation. So there's this book that is called Cloud FinOps. I think it came out maybe like two years ago, maybe more. And that was like a really popular one within our company. It was highly recommended. So a couple questions on the book. Um, Abby and I are both in the process of reading it. Um, is this book when FinOps, the term was really coined first? Or like what, I mean, it seems like to be the main resource that we've seen of, of education. So give us a little background on that. Yeah, so the background behind uh, the FinOps Foundation, uh, which, by the way, a little plug for Software One, we are now uh, for 2022, we're a premier member of uh, the FinOps Foundation. And uh, Daryl Sackett, our FinOps global uh, service line leader, is actually on the, the governing board for the FinOps Foundation. So um, we're, as an organization, very involved with the FinOps Foundation. And where it started was um, so J.R. Stormont um, had actually started Cloudability, and Cloudability was acquired by Aptio, uh, which has you know a lot of uh, financial uh, software for those that that don't know Aptio, and um, so they're big in enterprise. And um, so they 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 acquired Cloudability, which is a, a cloud spend management tool, and that's when uh, J.R. Stormont started the FinOps Foundation. So. Uh, so he sold the tool um, that, that he helped create, and he's also uh, one of the co-authors of the book that, that you're talking about. So uh, that's where the FinOps Foundation uh, comes from. And it's, uh, as I said earlier, it's, it's really quickly becoming a, 
um, a standard, kind of like ITIL as an example. It's quickly becoming a, an industry standard when it comes to cloud financial management. I have a kind of silly question about the book, but you seem to have the inside scoop. Do you know why there's a bird on the cover? <laughs> That's a great question. I actually don't know why there's a bird on the cover. Okay. All right. That's fine. That's fine. I don't know. That's just been on my mind lately. <laughs> um, uh, oh, go ahead, Levi. I was just going to say another topic on the book. Um, I, I I pulled out a couple quotes that I just thought were interesting. And I don't know if you have any thoughts or comments, but it's like these awesome one-liners. Metrics without targets are just pretty graphs. Spending is fine, but wasting is not. I, I those those sounded awesome to me. Like, what what is that? Do those sum up FinOps pretty well, or what's your take on some of those quotes from the book? Those are good quotes. Um, I, I'm actually. Uh, it's funny you say that. I'm actually getting a a list of customer quotes because. We, we have so many FinOps conversations. Uh, I mean, sometimes in any given week, I, I'm on with, you know, sometimes three, four customers in a, a, in a single day. And uh, some of the quotes that I've, I've been using actually for a long time now, one of the best ones was, I can spend, and this is from an engineer, by the way, um, I can spend $10,000 in the cloud easier than I can buy a $10 mouse because the, the cloud makes it so easy for you to deploy uh, really, uh, you know, phenomenal services and, and you know, big servers and, and, and workloads without really any, uh, you know, any restrictions. If you have access, you can just go spend as much as you want. But a $10 mouse, you would have to, uh, you know, write to your boss and say, hey, I need a new mouse. Is this approved? And then your, your boss says, yeah, go ahead. So you go to, to Amazon or wherever and you buy the mouse, then you have to submit the receipt and then your boss has to approve the receipt and concur, then finance approves it. And then finally, at some point, you get the $10 back in your paycheck. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, you know, so it's just there, there's these really good examples of these real life stories and, and these quotes that are awesome. Um, we just kicked off uh, an engagement a couple days ago uh, for FinOps where um, you know, we always like to, to you know, reset on expectations and, and make sure everybody knows uh, what we're delivering and we know what they're looking to get out. And when we were going through that process, the customer said, it's easy. We're spending pennies with you today to save dollars tomorrow. Um, so I, I loved that quote as oh, that's well. That's interesting. I like that. Um, so it was interesting you mentioned that this is an engineer, by the way. So um can you talk about the different parties in an organization who need to be involved when you're establishing a FinOps practice or you're working about changing the culture? Um, I know there's a lot of competing KPIs often among different uh, um, groups of people within an organization. So can you speak to those different types of people and kind of what what the challenges are there? Yeah, I love that question. So FinOps, where we start is who is managing invoices because that's who is going to be feeling the most pain right now. So if you if you're getting that invoice from Azure, AWS or GCP, um, anybody that's ever seen one of these, it's insane. Uh, we've seen invoices with tens of thousands of lines in it. And even an engineer that is deploying these things can have a hard time making any sense of these invoices. Uh, so it's extremely complex. And that's where we start. 
But when you start implementing FinOps, you have to get a lot of people involved. Um, you know, procurement is uh, is purchasing licensing, or they may be the ones responsible for the invoices. You've got um, finance. You've got whoever is negotiating contracts. You've got uh, engineers, developers. You've got business line leaders that are asking for the technologies that we're deploying in the cloud. You've got, of course, IT and IT leadership. So you've got all these different people that are impacted by cloud spend. And they impact cloud spend in different ways as well. Like, for example, um, procurement is procuring licensing, like Windows Server or SQL Server licensing. That has a massive, massive impact on how much resources in the cloud cost. So um, there's there's so many different people that have to be a part of FinOps and have to be collaborating and communicating together for it to be successful. You both might not believe this, but we hit our 10 minute time. I don't know if I like this uh, new model. I want to keep know. going. That was fast. Well, let, let's move on for now. Um, we can always bring Dan back. So I let, I'm going to start the clock for another 10 minutes. And maybe this is a, a gradual transition, right? From from some more of the more FinOpsy work things to non, but like, Tell us about your software one journey, how you ended up in like a FinOps role. Like what sort of roles did you have before that kind of led you to this today? Sure. Let me start way back, even before software one, because there's some experiences that I had that I, I think are really important for my roles that I've had here at software one. So, um, you know, if, if I look, you know, 20 plus years back, uh, I, I started in uh, third party distribution centers and um, at that time, we were going from uh, sort of paper order picking to uh, digital, where we've got guns and 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 you know all of the locations in the warehouse had a barcode and and the the devices would tell you, yeah, go to this location and take this number of quantity, and they would scan the barcodes and everything would update in real time. So that was all brand new at that time. And the really important important lesson that I learned in IT at that time was the power of data. And, I, and I've loved data ever since. Uh, I, I managed the SQL servers there. And what I learned was, if I can present this data in a, in a way that's really easily consumable, then there is a, a massive amount of value that comes from that. So I actually learned to write a couple different programming languages, uh, like ASP, Visual Basic, and what I ended up doing was building a uh, an intranet uh, where all of the leadership in the uh, in the warehouse in the di distribution center could actually see in real time what orders were left to be picked, which ones were done, what uh, tracking numbers were, all of those sorts of things. Which that sounds like a no brainer today <laughs> because in the world of Amazon we can order something and it's here tomorrow and we can literally click on the, in the app and see like there's six stops away from my house. <laughs> so it seems like a no brainer today, but back then going from you, you knew how many orders were left by how big the stack of papers were that was left to being able to see in real time on a web page exactly where everything is at was amazing. And so ever since then, I've loved data. I've loved working with data and, and, and presenting data in a way that's more consumable and more valuable. So um, from there, uh, I actually spent uh, seven years as a, a CIO prior to Software One, and I've always felt like being able to put that 
uh, customer hat back on and uh, relate to where our customers are at uh, has always been uh, really important to me and and the value I think I can uh, bring to Software One. So when I first started, it was back when uh, we were TEs, the technical evangelists, and um, there were less than 10 of us. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> and, that was a really um, small group, if I remember. <laughs> I think it started Yeah, with a really three. small group. And um, it, by the way, that was the greatest role on earth. Uh, <laughs> we, got to, <laughs> we got to fly around, say a few smart things, maybe whiteboard some architecture up and, and, uh, and leave. And there was no statement of work. <laughs> there was no <laughs> deliverables. It was, it was just, you know, go and, go and help people out. So um, loved that role. Uh, quickly from there, though, we started building services. And so I moved into um, TS leadership, our technology services leadership. And um, a couple years into that, we actually decided to move our advisory services from TS to SLM. So I actually moved uh, from being in TS for three years into our uh, SLM vertical. And at that point, I completely focused 100% on uh, leading the Microsoft advisory team. So, um, so we built that practice over, uh, over several years. And um, uh, that will always be near and dear to my heart. I, I absolutely love uh, what we built together as a team um, with, with Microsoft Advisory. I think it's still an absolutely phenomenal service that we offer. Um, so after doing that for a few years, um, I moved into um, the SLM professional services lead role. So I could take some of what we learned in building the Microsoft Advisory practice and start applying that across the board uh, with all of our professional services. And then uh, last year, 2021, I focused a lot on helping uh, our global team build our FinOps services. And um, that sort of led into this year um, as we changed our model from TS and SLM to our service lines um, to go into this role where now I can 100% focus on building our FinOps uh, service line practice. For just a quick uh, acronym thing, for those who might not know, SLM is Software Lifecycle Management, right? Good, good catch. Um, <laughs> I, I try to always, I try to always uh, spell those out, but yeah. sometimes I miss them. No problem. Just so quite the up. evolution uh, from kind of being a, a a data junkie and then like following that through to, you know, data for software asset management, and then obviously cloud is just kind of the next thing you have to manage. So that's a that's a cool journey. I, I was happy to hear that. I've only heard some of that before. So um, thank you for sharing that. I think that the next question we have also related to software one. Um, do you have any Patrick memories? Um, our, our late CEO and founder, I'm, I'm sure you got to to interact with him quite a bit in the early days. Yeah, uh, boy, um, there's, there's uh, of course, a couple of good ones like uh, NSK. I remember at the um, the Milwaukee Intercontinental Hotel, um, you know, being, you know, midnight or 1 a.m., whatever it is, and, and Patrick's buying the rest of the champagne that the hotel <laughs> has. I remember and, that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, from that to, um, boy, there, there was, there, there's one cool, uh, experience I had. It was uh, in Miami. Uh, there was a, a restaurant that Patrick told us to to go to, and and uh, so there was a group of us that 
uh, you know, we showed up and there was there was somebody that came to the door and they're like, oh, no, sorry, we're we're closed. And uh, we're like, that's weird because, you know, Patrick told us go to this address. And uh, so he said, are, are you sure there's not a reservation? And um, so we said Patrick's name and they go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, come on in. And so we go in. And like within the next hour, the people that started work walking in, it was crazy. Like uh, a ton, uh, it was all famous actors and like um, <laughs> uh, people from CSI Miami, and uh, you know, I, I mean, it was amazing who w- was coming in. And so that you know, it was just like wow, you know, one of those wow experiences. Um, but I, I would say, you know, memories wise. Um, I think what I remember most is just um, people focus and, uh, you know, Patrick's got lots of quotes. We, we, you know, we've all seen them on, you know, how, how important people are to an organization, but um, you know, just the, the, I think the raw emotion he had around um, around people and, and how, you know, how important all of us are, um, you know, to make up this team is uh, that's what I remember most. I think about Patrick. So let's switch gears a little bit. We've got a couple of minutes left in this section. Um, just going completely off topic now, but what what's something that's still left on your bucket list and anything that you can think of? Yeah, actually, if it weren't for COVID, um, this would be checked off my bucket list. But um, I actually really want to do a distillery tour in Scotland. Um, I love scotch. I, I love trying uh um, you know, different scotches and, and to actually be there and, and go on a tour, um, is, is absolutely on my bucket list. And it was something I was supposed to do, uh, for my birthday, uh, in 2021, but unfortunately, uh, because of COVID we had to, we had to cancel it. So hopefully, um, I'll be able to check that one off soon enough. Yeah. What, um, so you just talked to us about FinOps, which I know you're really into, but is there anything else that you're super into right now? Hobbies, a book, a TV show, music? I I love doing projects at home. Uh, I, I I love wo- woodworking, um, electronic. So I love building things. I like electronics. So I've got all the home automation. I've got uh, Raspberry Pis and and you know have built things with those and. Uh, so I, I've always got some project cooking. So I would say that's my hobby is just uh, tinkering on things at home. Very cool. Where um, do you then, live? I live in Central Florida, just uh, southeast of Orlando. Nice. I probably should have known that. But uh, anyways, carry on, Abby. <laughs> my next question, <laughs> this is my favorite question because I always think it's an interesting topic. What were you like as a teenager, Dan? What was teen Dan up to? <laughs> well, uh, this really isn't going to be uh, an exciting story. I was a pretty <laughs> boring teenager, I think. Um, you know, I, I, I've always, uh, I think, had a good work ethic. So, um, you know, wh- whether it was uh, in sports, uh, I was very much into sports uh, from baseball, football, track, basketball, you name it. Um, so there was always practices going on. And um you know, I, that was really me as a teen. I, I would say, you know, just being, being busy. Yeah, I was just, yeah. I was just always busy. 
I thought you were going to go the more of the IT nerd route. So interesting. Well, that's our 10 minutes. Shockingly, it goes so oh my fast. Gosh. This goes so, too fast, Levi. I don't know about this new method. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. It just maybe means more, more episodes, right? Um, yeah, so there you go. Two minutes left, Dan. Uh, we can start with just open floor and anything you want to start off with for the last two minutes. Yeah, you know, there is something I would like to bring up. We're going through so much change at Software One, and um, we have an adoption and change management team led by uh, Kevin Bernstein. And I just kind of want to plug uh, that team and what they do and what they do for our, our customers. And there's so much change management required in FinOps because of it being a cultural change. And um, because of that, I've actually done some, some studying and some learning on change management, and it really has me pumped up. Uh, the, the thing about change is we've all experienced it differently. It's such a personal thing. If, if you think about uh, whether it was work, or at home, or uh, you know, just school, or wh whatever it is, uh, you know, across your whole life, as things have changed, you've uh, all had, you know, we've all had different reactions to that, and we've experienced change sometimes negatively or sometimes positively. And so, when you're changing something in an organization, the ability to manage that and to get people bought in and to get people to adopt what you're trying to to do, which is which is should be, or I think always is, <laughs> trying to be the best for the organization um, and the best for people. But it's sometimes really hard to see that. If, if you've experienced change in a bad way in the past, then it's really easy as an individual to push back and say, oh, that's not going to work, or I don't want to do that, or uh, this doesn't make sense. And instead of adopting, you know, we end up resisting. And, and it, it just really pushes out the time from when we're going to get value from what these changes are. And um, I, I just, the more I learn about it with FinOps and, and how to change culture within an organization and, and get them to adopt something like FinOps, the more I realize how much of a personal thing it is and, and how our adoption and change management team is so important to the success of a lot of the services that we have. Um, and it's not something I've heard a lot. So I thought this might be a good opportunity to to bring that up. Yeah, and uh, you are like a professional speaker because you pretty much nailed your two minutes. Uh, that was <laughs> that was the time. So I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that's all the time we have. Um, thank you so much, Dan. I hope people will like this twenty-two minutes. And like Abby said, we probably have another like three or four episodes worth of twenty-two minutes we could talk to you about. So we might have yeah. to have you back pretty soon. A little part two. Yes. And hopefully by then. Um, You'll have gotten the inside scoop on that bird. Well, thank you so much. This this was fun. It was such a pleasure. Um, and, and again, honored for you guys to have asked me. So thanks so much. Yeah, thank thanks, you, Dan. Dan. That's been another episode of the Swell Files. Music, editing, and mixing by Brandon Aventure. And we love to hear from you. So send us your feedback and future guest recommendations. We're on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, so be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode.